Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Andrew, I know I've said this before, but for real this time, I've met someone. Wow, uh, this sounds serious. Uh, Where did you meet him? Well, there's this new site. It's called Royalty For Me. Oh, um, and and you met him on there? Uh, I I mean, what's what's he like? Well, I don't want to brag, but he does say that he's a prince. A a, a prince? A a prince of where? A Scandinavian country. It it doesn't really matter. He wants me to come visit him. Are you going to do it? Well, I want to, but there's something that he asked me about, and I'm I'm not sure that I want to share. What what is it? Is it weird feet stuff? No, no, no. He just wants to know my um my address, my social security number, and my bank account number. Is 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 that weird? Oh dear. It's episode seventy eight. The dark web is terrifying. I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this message to save America, stop socialism, and stop China. Stay defy, we honor thee from life to death. Doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere. No one like you left. What do we want? Justice! When do we want it? Yeah! Let's go! What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. Sometimes that is better. An Australian man has been arrested in Germany, accused of operating what prosecutors believe was the biggest illegal marketplace on the dark net. Prosecutors say the site The Dark Market was mainly used for selling drugs, stolen credit cards, counterfeit money and malware. They say it facilitated illegal transactions worth about $220 million. Welcome to another episode of Fry Gay the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Maddie, And my name is Andrew. And if this is your first time with Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, we are the podcast that explores horror in real life and in the movies from an LGBTQ plus perspective. Today, we are happy to be with you again for our 78th episode. That number is correct, Andrew, right? That is the number we are looking for. You good. are correct. <laughs> Yay. Um, so folks, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a good one. We're talking about the dark web today. Uh, there couldn't be two movies that fit it better than The Den and Unfriended Part Two: Dark Web. Literally, the 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 name of it is in is in the title, right? Um, so we'll talk about those. We're going to talk about some dark web stuff, some good statistics. Andrew, you've got some good stories from what yeah. I yeah. So that'll be good. Um, and we're going to start our episodes the way that we always start them. Uh, which is the Certified Terrifying Corner. So today is May the 29th. By the time that you hear this, it will be, what, June 3rd, Andrew, right, I think? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, And so uh, you already know what has happened. This is the only thing we're going to talk about in Certified Terrifying Corner today. The CTC, we'll call it now on. It's like the CDC, but um, I don't know. 
maybe but our version, but our <laughs> version of it. Um, we're talking about just one thing, and it's uh, the school shooting that happened in Uvalde, Texas. Um, and if you've been living under a rock, I'll give you the very brief rundown. There is an elementary school uh, named Rob Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, um, not too far from from Houston, from what I understand. No, 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 from San Antonio, pardon me. And uh, there was an 18-year-old uh, Cretan who first shot his grandmother in the face, then stole her car, crashed the car outside of the school, took his AR-15 and uh, marched into the school, mostly unfettered from police who were actually there. And then uh, in two classrooms, killed 19 children, all 10 years and younger. Um, They were in fourth grade and killed two teachers. He was in the school for a full hour before police killed him and um that's what happened yeah i was actually i just had like a a little bit of an epiphany um and it's it's really strange to think about but in our very first episode four and a half years ago we talked about the school shooting in florida and here we are again talking about it again which is just so sad and so awful And I don't know if you saw, but as a continuing uh, harrowing, whatever this is, whatever you want to call it, um, catastrophe of of life is that one of the teachers that was shot, her husband actually had a heart attack the next day. And now these four children are basically have no parents. So it's awful. Um, and to top it off on top of that, um, the 911 calls that that came in from 10-year-old girls that were calling 911 um, clearly show that police did not go in <laughs> to, to help. They didn't go in to help um, when they – maybe they could have. Uh, I don't know about you out there, Andrew. I, I know you have, but um, – this one, I don't know what was, I mean, look, it's not the first shooting, right? I mean, you, we, you just said so, right? right? Right. And it's certainly not the first like school shooting. It's not the first this. It's not the first that. I don't know what it is about this one for me. I don't, I, 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 I don't know if it's the age of the kids or if it's that the cops didn't help or if it was because it happened like right on top of the Buffalo shooting. This one has like knocked me over and like in ways that I didn't really expect it to. And well, all of I'm all wondering, of, yeah. I'm wondering if it is a product of you not living here anymore it could and be. not, not really able to, I don't know, have like a, you're not an arms with the way anymore. You know what I mean? No, like that makes sense. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're a complete plane right away from even, you know, really talking about it with anybody in person or, yeah. I mean, I'm sure people in Ireland, are barely talking about it. You know what I mean? So I'm sure that for you, it's something that you want to connect with and you want to talk about with people. And you're probably not getting the, I don't know, the um, connection that you're hoping for maybe with people over there to like um, commiserate with, if that makes any sense. No, no, it does. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's been weird because like there, there have been some people that have like checked in on me. Right. So our our VP here and and another one of the senior directors at my, at my job. And, 
you know, various other people that I work with, which has been very nice. Um, and you know, they all, they all check in on me and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I, I tell each of them, I'm like, you know, thanks. I'm, I'm really sorry for, for you too, because like, there's no borders on children. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, of course. And, um, I gotta tell you too, like personally, like people out there know that like, I'm a, I'm a dabbler in like, you know, like communities of faith and that kind of thing. This one has definitely brought me to a very different level as well with that. Like I just, you know, not to like talk about this for an hour, but it's just, this was particularly, particularly awful. Like it just, there's no other way to say it. It was. And, um, I think too, it's that you and I both know and all the listeners know that nothing's going to happen. Yeah, I, I definitely I put something up on the Friday account because, I, you know, I wanted to I wanted to say something. I didn't know what I wanted to say. And then at the end of the day, it came down to is is this amongst all the other ones going to change anything? Probably not. And that's I, the saddest part of, of it all. If I'm being totally honest, I, I totally agree with you. Like if 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 I I. It's so funny as as you get older, right? Because I, you people know that I've I'm a, a big activist and I did a lot with the queer community and out of out of all my friends, out of all my family and friends, I was always the loudest one in the streets out there doing it, blah 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 blah, right? And now when I see people doing it for this, I just kind of want to go, why? <laughs> like, I know. Literally what is the point? Because truly i mean if it makes you feel better i am not one to sit here and say that you shouldn't do it don't get me wrong but when i say that literally the people that you actually need to listen to do the thing that they don't give a fuck they don't give a fuck they don't and if if this doesn't move them then literally nothing will so that's that it's all about fame and power and that's all it's ever going to be about and, and money all those gun companies giving those those senators, those congressmen, those whatever, just oodles of money. That's all that matters. I mean, speaking of money and guns and power, maybe we should shift to the dark web. Yeah. So, you know, look, I just just to end it there too, like, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go out and do what you got to do. I hope that you do. I, I hope that I find some new kind of hope, but it's I don't think it's going to happen for a long time. Anyways, on with the episode, Andrew, you're right. Let's talk about the dark web. Um, I think, Andrew, a good place to maybe start is just to talk about what it actually is. Don't yeah, you? because like, honestly, before even like getting into this, I, I had heard the term yeah. dark web. I think I had a somewhat understanding of what it was, yeah, but sure. I think you have a little bit more of a history on it. So I would love to learn a little bit more. Sure. So um, there is a website called Avast.com, um, and they've, they've got some good like professional development on there, and they're, they're like a bit of a security company, so this is a little bit of sales, salesmanship, but um, they did have some good information on, on just how to, how to describe the dark web. So I'll just go ahead and read it to you. Um, the dark web refers to content that isn't indexed by search engines and that requires special software or authorization to access. Dark web content lives on the dark net, a part of the internet accessible only to particular browsers or through specific network configurations. 
The dark internet is designed to provide anonymity by keeping communication private through encryption and routing online content through multiple web servers. That's where the dark part comes in. Accessing the dark web requires the use of specific software that keeps you anonymous. While the dark web is often depicted as an anarchic forum for criminal activity, it's not necessarily true. The dark net is simply an anonymous space on the web that can be abused or appreciated in turn. The dark web is <laughs> who wrote of, this? <laughs> well, you know, but they're, they're not entirely wrong. Like there could be uses for it that aren't necessarily nefarious, right? But come on, Maddie, we're humans. That's all we do is use uh, this for nefarious purposes. You never know. You never know. Uh, the dark web is part of the deep web, but is built on dark nets, overlay networks that sit on the internet, but which can't be accessed without special tools or software like Tor, T-O-R. Tor is an anonymizing software tool that stands for the Onion Router. So you can use the Tor network via a Tor browser. Now, unlike typical web browsers, Tor browser uses Onion Routing, which encrypts and routes traffic through multiple servers around the world. It hides your IP address and it provides private browsing. Now, in addition, all domains on the Tor network uh, end with the top level domain .onion instead of .com. Don't ask me where the onion part <laughs> is from. Uh, the many layers of an onion represent the multiple layers of the encryption in the Tor network. Oh, there's the explanation for you. Um, so that just gives you a bit of an idea of like what it is. And like there's actually if, – if you, if you like Google dark web – there's some good like infographics that like kind of just like give you a visual of what it looks like. Yeah. So, when I was like reading up on it, it kind of reminded me of in, um, I think it's event horizon. If I remember correct, yeah. uh, where he does like the paper, like through the, the, the pencil through the paper. And it kind of like explains like what a wormhole is. That's like what I was discovering about like the dark web and like how to like understand. Yeah. Kind of how it all works and everything. I can tell you that <laughs> this just shows our age. And I think that you'll, you'll remember this too, but you know, when the internet first came around, I thought that the height of the internet was Sandra Bullock ordering a pizza on the net. Oh, totally. <laughs> Without a doubt. But, but th things have changed because also uh, privacyaffairs.com, uh, they do what's called uh, it, it's an annual report. It's called the dark web price index. And it shows you, a, a, I mean, truly, when I say a giant list, I mean, a. if you printed it off, it would, it would be like 13 pages um, of just items that can be found on the dark web. So I did get um, a substantial amount of them. I'm not, I'm not going to read them all to you because it would be ridiculous. But this is this is so weird. I'm looking yeah. at the list and just like the weird things that people Crazy. would want. <laughs> Crazy. So I'll, I'll read you a few of these. And this is from the 2021 index that I just read uh, yesterday. Um, so just like some easy stuff, right? Um, if you wanted to get a cloned MasterCard with the PIN number, 25 bucks. Uh, if you wanted to get a cloned American Express with the PIN number, 35 bucks. Um, let's say that you wanted to, uh, let's see here, get somebody's PayPal account, right? Uh, that would be $30. If you wanted to get uh, a hacked Facebook account, $65. How about hacked Instagram for whatever reason it's cheaper for dollars <laughs> um if you wanted to get uh, a linkedin company page with a thousand followers they'll like do the thing for you 12 bucks this is what it, it gets weird too 
um, you can get uh, Spotify followers. You can get a thousand Spotify followers for two dollars. You can get Twitter retweets, a thousand of them. Oh yeah, I mean we, we've gotten many, bucks. we've gotten many, many, many uh, DMs from. Right. Hi, hi, you, you uh-huh. want, you want follower, you want listens. <laughs> yes, money. Um, if you want to get a hacked Twitter account, it's thirty five dollars. If you want someone to hack a Gmail account, which could be very valuable, eighty dollars. Some other things here. You want to hack someone's Uber account, eight bucks. You want to hack someone's Hulu. Five dollars. That's pretty cheap. Someone's HBO, four dollars. Save yourself the monthly subscription, right? Now, why is Hulu more expensive than HBO? I I have no idea. Now it gets into even like you know less uh, virtual stuff, more physical stuff. So let's say that you wanted to do a uh, utility bill template, thirty nine bucks and up. Maybe you want to get a uh, an American selfie holding the the correct ID. That's a hundred bucks. A fake U.S. green card, $150. Let's say that you wanted to, for whatever reason, get an ID for the state of Texas. It's $145. (laughs) Uh, Moving over to Europe, if you wanted to get a passport, now here's where the money really kicks in, right? For Poland, it's $4,000. For the Netherlands, another $4,000. For France, it's $4,000. Now, the passport that costs the most is the Maltese passport, which is $6,500. Uh, need a driver's license in America, 100 bucks. Want access to the American voter database in various states, 100 bucks each. And let's just say that you want to sick hackers onto a particular web page for a DDoS attack. Um, that would be uh, $15, 15 bucks <laughs> to make it happen. So, I mean, and like, you know, let's think about it here, because I know that you, you've got some stories that are a little bit more nefarious. Um, what I just listed off there, like, that's all pretty dangerous and valuable stuff. Well, yeah. You know? I mean, if anybody got that from you, yeah. <clears throat> like with your name and information on it, that could ruin your entire life for many years. So. Yeah. And, and think about it. Like, nothing that I listed there is that expensive. It's really not. No. Not, I was not, actually. Not even the passports, if we're being honest about it. I mean, if you could tell, are you telling me that I don't have to cha- pay fifteen dollars a month for Hulu? I can just. I am telling you that right now. <laughs> like, you could you could be paying five bucks total, and that's done. I mean, and you wonder why this is like such a big business. It's because everything is so fucking expensive. When yeah. somebody does tell you, "Hey, you can get this for way cheaper if you just go through me," uh, it's pretty easy to. Um, how do you say to 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 hide that under a, a persona or a fake website or yeah something like that to easily kind of get this done? Now, now I will tell you that in my research, yeah, I, I read some other stories and this and that and whatever. Um, you know, look if if you're like thinking right now, like hmm, maybe I'll download a Tor browser and hmm, maybe I'll go don't check it. some of this stuff out. You really shouldn't do that because if you don't know what you're doing. Um, and chances are you probably don't. Um, these people can apparently see like everything, everything. Like, and like if you're at your computer, they can just turn on your camera and you won't even know it. Like, and they can watch you do whatever you do and then they'll have access to your shit. I mean, like for real, that is what can happen. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we talk about our horror in the movies. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's really wild. So, I mean, like there, there are parts of it that like, you know, look, it's, it sounds, especially as people who like horror, like part of you wants to go check it out 
you know, part of you wants to be like, well, what's really on there? Like, is it actually scary? Is it crazy? What's up with this? Um, Don't do it. Well, yeah, I can tell you for the research for this episode, we only skimmed the top layer because we didn't want to do anything that would obviously get us in any sort of you know, trouble or anything with either of us. But, you know, it is a an interesting subject. Now, you, you talked about all these hacking things. So I, I did find a, a an article that talked, you know, just about 2020 in general sure. and how that kind of changed the game for data oh, breaches. Yeah, during, during the pandemic, sure. Yeah, so the onset of the pandemic and a lot of people working from home, um, not necessarily connecting to VPNs when they probably should have. It's, you know, everyone was on a learning curve when it came to the pandemic. And like how we change uh, our our work life balance and how we, you know, we didn't have just like our computer at work, it was at home. And a lot of that comes with, you know, risk exposure, and it, it got crazy. So based cyber attacks, they call it LOT, I'm not really sure what LOT stands for. But um, they the cyber attacks that doubled uh, it, it will continue to double between 2021 and 2025 just because of everyone kind of not having the proper infrastructure at home to kind of deal with the risk of data breaches and kind of their stolen records. So sure. um, I would just, uh, you know, we've already experienced this with serious data breaches affecting, you know, obviously, I think everyone knows, you know, Facebook, that's like the big one, the huge data breach that happened there. But also companies like T-Mobile and even bonobos which i know that we've both purchased items from bonobos remember when bonobos used to be cool yeah i don't like i don't do it anymore we'll talk (laughs) um but all of those companies it 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 literally where they had data breaches where all of your information could have been sold or stolen um and then you know because of cryptocurrencies like bitcoin uh that's only getting crazier uh so just be very very careful when you're investing money in anything i think we can all learn from well yeah i mean the other thing too is you know like we can we can probably do another episode called economics are terrifying which is not a bad idea andrew actually um but because (laughs) because truly um you know look if you're not really paying attention to economic news it's a great time to do it um the, the 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 recession that is that is being forecast right now and the length of it that people are are sort of um um are sort of theorizing and the depth of it I don't know. I I read some stuff that this this very morning that really I was like, oh wow, maybe there is another like sort of big short coming very very soon, um, which which only means that these things will get worse and worse and worse because people will get more desperate and they'll they'll go out to steal more. Yeah, um, I think I think that's an important thing to understand is that most of this comes out of desperation for just surviving. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but anyway, so the very first kind of online darknet market, do you know anything about I the don't. Silk Road? Oh, no, no, no. I have heard. It was mostly for drugs, right? Well, the Silk Road, it's mostly based on um, old... Tra- it, it, I mean, it's literally a trade route from Asia to Europe. Right, sure. Ha- like, literally in, like, history. But the, the the website was called the Silk Road. It was the first one of its kind, the first kind of online black market. But yeah, you're right. It mostly was um, a lot of drugs. 
unfortunately. Makes sense, yeah. Um, it webs the website actually launched in February of 2011, which I thought that this went back further. If I'm being honest, yeah. Um, I'm sure there was. Uh, I'm sure that there was nefarious things happening on the internet prior to 2011, but this is the first one that was actually like investigated by the FBI and like actually yeah, had sure like people get convicted and you know so um so yeah this was a tour hidden service as you mentioned before tours um it happened in 2011 and basically there was only a limited number of seller accounts so it was very uh restrictive if you will and everyone had to qualify to be on the silk road i couldn't without kind of getting too far down the rabbit hole which we are trying not to because we don't want to get ourselves in trouble of course um we couldn't i couldn't obtain a list of anybody that was actually on the silk road um the only person that really uh was prosecuted was um ross ulbricht okay uh he went by the pseudonym dread pirate roberts he was young (laughs) wasn't he as i remember or am i crazy uh no i think you're right i i don't have his actual age here but when i saw a photo of him he he looked pretty young yeah um but basically the fbi went after him they took down the website for a number of time but then it kind of came back uh it's this whole long thing and actually he went to trial in 2013 and he was convicted of seven charges including charges of engaging in a continuing criminal enterprise, narcotics trafficking, money laundering, and computer hacking. Uh, He basically faced 30 years to life in prison. So if you're thinking about, hey, I really want to steal someone's Hulu account, maybe think again. (laughs) See, I mean, for me, it's like, though... I mean, look, I don't don't like hackers. I, I, I don't think it's right to, you know, like steal from everyday people and i don't i don't think it's right to like ruin people's lives and steal their identity that's that's beyond the pale i think we can all agree on that but like i i do think that there's something interesting about like drugs right and how our society looks at them because like i i i think about you know the reasons why things like this happen and why they occur and it's like what if you just you know where this doesn't happen it doesn't happen in the netherlands you want to know why because the netherlands have decriminalized all drugs, all of them. And they do that so they can regulate them and so that they can like make sure that people are getting (laughs) and tax them, but also like make sure that people are getting like safe shit, right? So that there's no reason for people to go onto a dark web and like, you know, be shady and like find a way to get it. So it's it's like, sometimes I I think that we just create these things on our own. And I mean, and, and and we pretend that we're like some like moral society, like, trying to like you know like squeeze immorality out of it when in in actuality we're just we're just worsening the problem yeah i mean even this uh ross ulbricht guy he wrote a letter to his judge before his sentencing that basically stated that his actions through the silk road were committed through libertarian idealism Mm, and and that the silk road was supposed to be about giving people the freedom to make their own choices and admitted that he made a terrible mistake and that it ruined his life yeah so i mean there is like this weird robin hood complex that you could maybe squeeze out of this idea of kind of the the dark web but it's when 
it's just like anything power corrupts. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. Like it, 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 you could have like the most uh, innocent of ideas to kind of, you know, save the, save the poor and steal from the rich or like whatever you want to do. But as soon as you start to feel that then you're in power, it just power leads to corruption uh, I don't know other way to say it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, sure. It's 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 the human. It's the it's a human disease that we don't really know how to solve for. Is that any time that we feel that we are popular or in power or people like us, it's this weird, inane human activity to want to exploit that. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. But anyway, um, some other things that I found on the the dark web is uh, this Reddit user by the name of Bacon Boy <laughs> Bacon Boy Loiter. What a so great take that name! For what it you is. know, I had bacon this morning. I hope that you did too. I think it's in the oven right now. Actually, hell yeah. Um, but uh, he was on Reddit and he found an article. Or no, I'm sorry, this was on Reddit. He found an article um, called "How to Cook a Woman." <laughs> okay, <laughs> so this is his story. Um, in comp sci, we often got bored and dicked around. That's a dude, such a dude bro sentence right there. Um, in comp sci, we often got bored and dicked around. One day we ran into the deep web. The most disturbing site we found was a comprehensive guide for cooking women. That is, or, that is just crazy. We're not talking about a short joke here. This page had information on what body types to use for specific cuts, how to prepare these cuts, how to cook the girl so she lives as long as possible. It honestly horrifies me that people way worse than the freaks on Criminal Minds exist. That is his 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 words, not mine. Um, but uh, that's insane that he... It, it reminds me of that... I don't know if you... Oh, no, you don't have Hulu anymore. Uh, that Fresh movie that just came out uh, that I spoke oh, about okay. a couple episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, just insanity, the things that you can find on the internet. And I think you have one other horror story kind of uh, about somebody that... Yeah. To the, the deep web... Yeah, there's there's one from uh, Ranker.com. They have uh, a part of the website called Graveyard Shift. It's like, you know, scary stuff. Um, there's a story about like, uh, well, this this guy says, the guy that wrote it, this is back before Google. Web pages were, for the most part, just basic HTML, blah, 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 blah. Um, it, was, it was the early net, real deep web, uh, not just one about like illicit activities online. So he says that he was browsing random blogs, GeoCity sites, stuff like that. God, GeoCities. I, I know, right? all about that. And just going from link to link. But eventually he came upon an odd page and it appeared to be random thoughts from different people. But for the time, it was really well designed. You got to remember, this was a long time ago. Like, think back before Google, which is kind of hard can. to think about, right? <laughs> um, the messages seem to be cryptic in nature, right? So they're people trying to pass secret notes. No, their names were not Charon. Um, I started uh, through the source. Uh, he started through the source. Uh, and hidden in the comments of a JavaScript were various IP addresses. So it was just a place to hide stuff. So we gathered all the IPs in a text file and began enumerating. Some were routers with banner messages that he could tell net to, uh, almost all at universities. But the, disc, uh, the, the, the default Cisco credentials from back in the day worked on most of them, but he didn't poke around. A few of the IPs were web servers with little to nothing on them, mostly Apache on Linux, God, whatever this stuff is, um, at least one IIS server. Finally, I, remember, I remember Linux. Yeah, yeah. He finally came upon a web server with a huge directory of HTML files and TIFF images with a few smaller subdirectories containing the same. 
Um, NSL Lookup returned no reverse records for that IP. A visual route traced it as far as Colorado. The HTML files appeared to be records a psychologist or similar mental health professional would keep. The images were of faxes, apparently of both military and medical nature. Here we go. Oh, no. Here we go. As I browsed from a subdirectory back to the parent, at the top was a new HTML file named one dash hello dash there dot html wait this just appeared when he was oh yep and then and then the timestamp was right from that minute oh i just got the chills i know (laughs) so the dude opens it up and in plain text was the message we see you no (gasps) quotes all lowercase about 15 seconds later the server dropped Oh my God, that is terrifying. Like I would, I would literally never own a computer again. I would be like, I'm done. This is over. I'm moving to where there, where there is no internet. It's over. That God, even like, so there's so many things in this story that I don't even, I can't even like quantify in my brain. Like the, the parent to the child, to the blah, 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 HTML. I'm just like, how do people know how to do this? People do, man, though. They I know, it's crazy. Do, and it's really, really wild. The internet is and still and still is I mean, much more regulated than, you know, probably when this guy was talking about. I'm not sure if you found a date of when this when this story was. There, but there, there was no date. But, you know, keep talking. I'm going to find out when Google actually started. Yeah. So it, it can only... Um, we're still in the wild, wild west of the internet. So I can only imagine what this was like when this kind of story could even happen uh so, very so, scary actually, funny enough google's not as old as maybe i thought it didn't start until 1998 that sounds about right i guess so yeah so i mean this could have been from 97 even you know yeah it was when sandra bullock was ordering pizza hut from yep that's <laughs> i remember i i had a i had a web page of my own back then and it was on tripod remember tripod tripod.com you can make your own websites and i had literally no idea what i was doing um, yeah, I am so glad that MySpace is no longer because I definitely had a weird or live journal. How about live well, journal? I, well, I I kind of skipped the live journal phase and went right to MySpace because they had like a blog feature on there. Yeah, 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 um, yeah sure. And I definitely had some cringeworthy. <laughs> Although it looks like live journal is still a thing. Yeah, I mean, wow. Why not? You know. That's the internet. Andrew, do you have anything else to say about the dark web? Beware. You're in for a scare. You're in um, yeah. <laughs> you're you're in darkness, buddy. So turn on the light. Listen, uh, why don't we take a break here and we'll come back with uh, what you've been watching, bitch? Sound good? Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back. It's time for What You Been Watching, You Dark Web Bitch. What You Been Watching, Bitch? Yeah. This is the part of the episode where we talk about what we've been watching and we let you know if it's worth your time or to skip it and zip it. Maddie, tell me what you've been watching, bitch. Sure. Uh, yeah, the first one that, I've, uh, that I watched is a new series called Night Sky. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, Night Sky stars Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, I have not two, even heard of this. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I had neither until I just randomly opened up the app and there it was. 
Um, two actors that I like quite a bit. Um, I really love J.K. Simmons. I think he's just incredible, truly. Um, and also, if you have if you haven't seen him in that one jazz movie, which I I always forget the fucking name of it, but God, is that movie good? Uh, anyways, uh, Night Sky is the story of this old couple. It's Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons, and they live in in Illinois. Um, I forget the name of the town, but there's a there, there's a name of a town. Um, and it's sort of like central Illinois, basically, from what I can tell. Um, and they have uh, a shed, and they're both retired. They have a shed, and in the shed, and this isn't giving away anything, they have a shed that underneath it is a um, a portal to another <laughs> planet. What is with Amazon and these I, holes in the ground? <laughs> this is their new thing, I swear. Um, that's all I'm going to tell you about about it because it is it's a pretty good show. Um, it's it's really interesting. It explores some really cool themes. Um, I think that the writing is probably not entirely as as tight as it could be because I I haven't finished the final episode of the season yet, but I'll do that at some point uh, very very soon. Um, and I'm kind of worried about like how this is going to keep going. But even that being said, I think that you should watch it because it's really interesting. Um, it's a very new thing. Um, I, I think it's you know pretty pretty unique. And I think that that's something that Amazon is doing really well right now. They're reduce they're not reducing they're producing really unique stuff. And this is yeah. another another one of them. That's it. So it's called Night Sky on Amazon. Check it out. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that. Um is maybe a little bit of a shortcoming with Amazon is that they don't do a good job of advertising. Like it only advertises when you're like on the app. So yeah, like I, I haven't you, heard of this at all anymore. Me neither. So that's very interesting. Um anyway, my first one is on Peacock if you can get it. It is uh, Girls 5 Eva season 2. I don't know <laughs> if you're familiar with this this that this name franchise. Is just hilarious still. It's so funny. Um, this is the Sarah Bareilles, Busy Phillips, Paul Appel. They all star as kind of these twice baked pop stars. So they were a pop pop group in like the '90s. Think of like girl groups, sure, like yeah. Spice Girls, you know that that type of thing. And they're they're back 20 years later. Obviously, they're all much older. They've all gone through so much more with the, with their lives. But I mean, it it's basically if you watched 30 rock and you were like man i really wish they would expand this universe into sure. like i don't know a pop group it's basically that That's um hilarious. so um it's really funny the second season definitely is paying off in spades um we're about halfway through the second season because they're like all of the like all of the new the new trend now is to release weekly which i kind of miss when they just released everything all at once but um yeah it's girls five eva if you like sarah Bareilles, if you like uh tina fey's comedy style you gotta get on peacock and watch this awesome awesome show so that's girls five eva and that's with an a not an er <laughs> uh my next one is the film ghostbusters afterlife i just we watched. haven't watched this yet i'm so excited I'm, I'm excited to yeah. check it out i hope hopefully you found it was good i, I don't know. yeah so i watched it on demand um yeah you know i mean look I, i'm a ghostbusters kid like i loved it when i was a kid and i grew up at just just the right time for ghostbusters right sure um, this one has Paul Rudd. It's got Carrie Coon. Um, I'm a big Carrie Coon fan. Uh, she's a Chicago actress, Steppenwolf. She was uh, a, a, a lead star in The Leftovers. Um, and she's been in a ton of other stuff. Her, her husband is also Tracy Letts. Um, so, you know, I, I, was, I was happy for that. 
Um, one of the kids from Stranger Things is in it. The Mike kid, whatever his name is. I always forget his name. Um, and there's some other, you know, good people in it too. Um, I, I think it's mostly good. Um, the, the thing is, and like, I, I hope I don't spoil or make you feel weird about it when you watch it. So just, you know, whatever. Um, it's just really long. And, oh. <laughs> and I was like, damn, like, does this really need to be a full on two hours long? Like, I don't think that it does. And, um, you know, the, I will say that there were some really touching parts in it. And I, I, I won't spoil that for you because you, you haven't watched it yet and other people might not have either. Um, but there were some touching parts in it that I was not expecting. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. But, you know, in general, was it my favorite Ghostbusters? Absolutely not. The originals, of course, are my favorites. Can but- I ask you something about the original Ghostbusters that maybe will be controversial? Do you like Ghostbusters 2? Uh, that's a good question. I haven't watched it in a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I can't I can't really give you like an opinion because I, I want to watch it again as a person that's nearly 40 years old. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I, what, I, what, 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 what I can tell you is that as a kid, I loved it. I had a lot of fun with that. I remember like it was awesome. And I'm sure I watched it again at some point, like in my 20s. But it's been a while since I've seen it. I just feel like it gets a lot of hate, and I don't really understand why. why. I, I don't know. I mean, um, the Ghostbusters, the two first films, I think people forget, like, they, before horror, they are supposed to be comedies. I don't know yeah, what yeah, people yeah. are expecting here. Yeah, I, I, I have always liked Ghostbusters, too. I don't know why I get so much hate. I even liked the reboot a couple of years ago with all the women. I thought it was yeah, actually sure. funny. I there this is okay I'm going to get into it for 2 seconds and then we'll step out of it but there's just there are some people out there that get so invested in these franchises that they can't even see their own hands in front of them like you know what I mean like yeah. nobody can do it like they what they would do it and it's just it's another thing about the internet that's just so insane to me is the amount of passion that people will put towards hating something so much. I don't yeah, know. It's I, just so crazy. I, I do not disagree with you on this. All right. I'll definitely, I'm definitely going to check this movie out. I'm very sad to hear that it's two hours because I yeah, I know. Um, but I will definitely check it out at some point. Um, my next one is also a newer release. It is the lost city. It is the uh, Sandra Bullock Channing Tatum uh oh this is turning into the sandra bullock episode i just realized Uh (laughs) yeah sure um but uh this is the lost city it came out in theaters about a month ago it went to paramount plus they have a so i don't know if you know this but um this this company kind of has a deal with paramount that all of their uh, so it was like scream went there yeah there's been other movies that went there uh like a month after they're in theaters so kind of cool because i mean honestly I don't really have a ton of time to go to the theater anymore. Yeah, fair enough. If I can turn it on at nine o'clock in my house, that's amazing. Uh, so this, uh, listen, I'm a Sandra Bullock apologist. I've watched every single movie that she's ever been in. One of my favorite actresses. Is she? Is she kind of one note? Mostly yes, but you know what? I like that note. Um, and this is uh, about her. She is a romance novelist, and Channing Tatum plays her cover model. So think of like Fabio, like on the front of all those books. Sure, makes sense. <laughs> um, and she actually gets to, so. I'm not going to spoil too much, but um, her husband, her who has passed away in the film, was a um, he studied like ancient artifacts, like think I don't know. 
like Da Vinci Code type stuff. Um, and he has passed away, but uh, she keeps writing and she has this series of books about like kind of that thing. And she gets abducted by this, by the guy who plays Harry Potter. What was what his name? Uh, Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Um, she gets abducted by him because he thinks that she can actually like lead him to like this ancient treasure. And it's, and it's basically like a comedy of errors from that point on. And um, Channing Tatum, who plays her cover model, feels that he needs to like go save her. And it's, listen, it's just like if somebody came to you and said, Hey, do you want to go see the new Sandra Bullock movie? Like uh, what's her face does in scream two at the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. This is what you're going to get. It's not anything. I actually thought that they were going to take it a little more fantastical um, from like the preview that I saw, but it's kind of just your a little bit over the top comedy. So if you're looking for something for like a Sunday fun day to watch with like the family or anything, Perfect. I think that you, you could turn this on and have a lot of fun with it. Uh, my next film, my next two films are Irish films, and I'm excited to talk about them. Um, not just because I live here in Ireland and I respect the culture, but because they're really fucking good. Uh, the first one is called Knuckle. Knuckle is on Netflix. I assume it's on the Netflix in America, but maybe I'm wrong. So if you can't watch it there, try to watch it somewhere else. Uh, it did premiere at the Sundance Film Festival. So maybe if you have a Sundance channel, you might have it on there. I mean, um, if it's there, I'm sure it's somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Any, anywho, it's from 2011. Um, I had never heard of this before. Uh, it's directed by Ian Palmer. And I'll just read you the synopsis because it, it just does it better than I can. Uh, Knuckle, the film, follows 12 years. I want you to remember that. This documentarian spent 12 years with these people uh, oh, in, no. the, in the lives of three Irish traveler families. Now, if you're not familiar with travelers, travelers are, um, are a, a community of people um, in, in Ireland, but there's also travelers in England and travelers in Wales and Scotland. Like they're kind of just in this area of the world. Um, I, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but to make this really, really easy for Americans to understand travelers are kind of like gypsies. Does that make sense? Yeah. You can just, uh, watch thinner or like go yep. listen to our episode on thinner. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that, that. that, that kind of thing. I, one thing to know about, about travelers is that travelers do experience discrimination on a pretty, uh, big level in this part of the world. It's, it's really sad. And we can talk about that later, but regardless, this film follows 12 years in the lives of three Irish traveler families, the Joyce's, the Nevins and the Quinn McDonough's and their bitter feuds and fights. The film explores the reasons why they hold these fights, I'll tell you more about that in a minute, and explores in depth these families' secret lives, which is barely known to outsiders of the traveler community. The real reason for the feuds, they're never revealed, and they will never talk about it to outsiders. So Knuckle, it's called that because it's it's all centered around bare knuckle fist fighting, right? So these three families, they have these feuds that they have had for fucking decades about literally God knows what. You don't know what it's about. They probably don't even remember at this they, point. <laughs> they probably don't. And the way that they settle them are with these bare knuckle fights. So each of these families, they like have like their their main fighters and they go meet for these illegal fights um, kind of around around mostly around Ireland um, in and around Dublin. Um, there's, there's a, a city called Tala and, and maybe like a little bit South of there they go and they do it on like these back roads where the Garda can't find them. Gardi, pardon me. And, um, they just have these fucking fights and it's not just the fight. There's also bets put on these fights. 
So like one of the fights that 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 they show in this, there's fucking like 60,000 pounds on the line. Huge money goes into this. Um, and like it, it's just, I don't know. I could go on and on and on. The reason why I think that you should watch it is because you likely have never seen this culture before in your life. And this documentarian did such a great job of bringing something incredibly different and incredibly unique to the screen and did it unflinchingly and did it for 12 years. I, I'm truly, how this thing isn't known more than it is, I don't understand because it's a great documentary. I highly recommend it. God, 12 years. That seems like a lifetime. Yeah, absolutely wild. All right. Uh, it sounds very interesting. Um, is it as long as Ghostbusters? <laughs> uh, actually, I forgot the runtime, but it's it's not very long as I remember. Oh, no, no. I, it's right here. It's 96 minutes. Oh, beautiful. It's like a little, beautiful little peach that I just want to take a bite out of. Just like um, just like my, uh, what's his face I uh, forget it keep going <laughs> my third one is legendary season three and the only reason I bring this up I've brought up legendary before on this show it's on HBO Max uh, it is about ballroom in the kind of classic sense and by ballroom I mean Paris is burning type yeah. ballroom not kind of ballroom dancing um, but this brings in different houses and they all compete for legendary status the reason I bring up season three is because they finally did a horror ball how fun and it was really fun um some of the uh the dances that were kind of choreographed were around movies like carrie which we just did um there was one about the nightmare on elm street series there's just it was so cool to like see and, and that's the thing that, about this uh this show that keeps evolutionizing is that they they're obviously getting more and more budget so they, they're able to do more because you know when this when the show really started these were people kind of just coming in on like diy like sure. type of type of stuff and now they're getting a little bit more money and a little bit more behind costuming and everything and i just think if you're not watching legendary you gotta it is so good and it is so good to see a show that is just so unequivocally queer and yeah. nobody talks about it it's just that's they don't even need to talk about it it's just that's there's transgender people, there's straight people, there's gay people, there's bi people. It's just, it is so refreshing just to see people being able to go and do what they do and not have to worry about like the stigma because even the judges represent the queer community. It's, it's yeah, sure. Fantastic show. You got to watch Legendary. So good. It's on HBO Max. It's in season three. So if you got a little time, you can go through season one and season two. But I think episode four or five is the horror ball on nice. Legendary. Very cool. My final one is a film called On Colleen Kuhn. I was wondering uh, how you're going to pronounce this. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I, I am learning so much about Gilga, which is uh, you can also call it Irish. Uh, Gilga is the the um, the the form of Gaelic that is that is spoken in in Ireland. Um, it is God. It's just it's a magical language, and it is so hard to pronounce. You have no idea. Nothing makes any sense. But anyways, On Colleen Kuhn means the quiet girl um this is such a lovely movie um i saw it at the theater uh it is uh adapted from a short story by claire keegan called foster um it's all about this nine-year-old girl um and this nine-year-old girl uh this is like in like 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 the 50s and 60s ireland so it's you know it's when 
the the countryside was a little bit poorer and we, you know when there were troubles up north still and it, and it was pretty bad and um you know there wasn't a whole lot of work and other stuff going on here so there were there were a lot of interesting things happening in this country hard times um, yeah it was they were they were some hard times um this is about a nine-year-old girl named kate or hoyt uh i, I didn't say that correctly hoyt yeah, that's how you would probably say it. That makes sense. Um, anyways, uh, directly from from the synopsis here, she's a shy and withdrawn child who receives scant attention or affection from her family, uh, ruled by an uncaring father. Uh, when she is sent to spend the summer with her aunt, uh, uh, Evelyn, and her husband, Sean, she comes out of her shell, blossoming in their care, especially when uh, Sean's initial aloofness fades. And by the end of the summer, difficult decisions and realities must be faced. Um, it's a really simple story. It's, it's a poor girl that goes to live with her aunt, basically, and gets all the love and affection that she deserves. That's it. Because she doesn't get it at home from her family, who's pretty poor. Yeah. Um, and it's a lovely, it's just, it's just a very simple film. Um, the really cool thing about the movie, besides the great acting, the wonderful cinematography, sort of a peek into Ireland that you don't get to see very often also, um, is that it's nearly entirely in Gaelga or, or in Irish, right? So it is subtitled, unless you know Gaelga, then you can go ahead and listen to it. Um, but it's pretty cool to see a movie that like did that. that that's a lot of effort, and it's, it's a huge thing to bring actors like this to the screen. Um, culturally, for a place like Ireland, I think it really means a lot. Um, and this movie is getting noticed all over the place. So if you have a chance to watch it, I would absolutely do it. Uh, you probably don't know how to spell on Colleen Kuhn, so don't worry. Just type in a quiet girl Ireland film in Google and you'll probably find it really beautiful. Highly recommend it. Cool. Uh, I don't know if that's available here. I have not heard anything about probably it. Probably on but... demand it is. Probably on demand. Yeah. My last one is the newest in the uh, kind of horror docket of the uh, the Can't kind of wait theater. to see this. And you know why, Andrew. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you something in a second. But uh, no. So this is Firestarter. Um, Firestarter is currently on Peacock, or you can go to the theater and watch it. Uh, I would recommend... Maybe just check it out on Peacock. Um, <laughs> um, this, like, I, I swear, like, um, I've read Firestarter. I've seen the original with Drew Barrymore. Um, I actually don't. This is like, for me, Firestarter is one of um, is one of Stephen King's more weaker books. If I'm being honest, um, it's just not as it's not as deep as a lot of his books are. It's much more of a well, surface book. This is one of his first, right? Or is it his actual first? I mean, it's wrong? like in that realm of like Christine and, you know, kind of Carrie and, was you this, know, that. Was this after he went sober? I believe this is during. So, so. During, during his like bad times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, Firestarter is all about a girl. Hey, she can start fires with her mind. <laughs> and um, it's basically about um, kind of this uh, corrupt um, scientist who basically experiments on people and ultimately accidentally gives them powers. Um, this Oops. follows the what's that? <laughs> Oops, I didn't mean yeah. to do that. Oh no. Um, so it kind of follows um her parents. They both were in this experiment, they broke out and are kind of on the run. They have a child, and because they had powers, now the child has powers. Um, and her power is because she was uh given these powers at birth and not kind of told how to use them or how to control them. She's a little bit out of control and you know, literally 
like one of the scenes like right at the opening like she accidentally lights her uh the thing that spins above the cradle whatever that's called uh on uh, fire a mobile a mobile yeah so you know this is a very simple story um i don't think that the movie is like egregiously bad but it's mm-hmm. definitely not great either okay um I, I think that if we were grading it, we would probably come in like probably at around around a three point five. If okay. I'm being honest, yeah, sure. Um, so it's a it's a it's a good watch. I mean, the the little girl who plays the you know the the previously Drew Barrymore role um, is actually pretty good in my opinion. Um, however, <laughs> I don't know what Zac Efron. I don't know what they told him to do in this, but he's just not doing anything like you know what i mean like when he act when he's acting i don't i don't know he's supposed to play like this very sympathetic father figure and there just is no chemistry between him and the little girl who plays the the drew barrymore role well i mean Um, i I have to i have to admit when when i heard that this was what was going on i was like why did they cast cast him i know and you know you do get to see him with his shirt off, so great you know, high five to that. But I just like if this guy is on like the, on the lamb and on the run, I don't know when he finds time to to work out as much as Zac Efron must to keep that body the way it is. But right. It's um, overall, it's just kind of uneven. Um, some of the acting is just really real. The, there's a main baddie um, who she kind of plays like the the leader of like the the society that's trying sure. to capture them or whatever, and she is just so bad i'm sorry i i'm really sorry that to this, this woman and if she's in other stuff please let me know so i can like watch that and make sure that she's a better actress but it, whatever she was given in this role whew, she had some lines that i like there's a line in there where she's like does your previous boss does your previous boss look this good in this dress or like something along those lines and i'm just like what are you, you know talking that, it's, about? it's a shame because i i i Am of the uh, there's not a lot of of horror people out there that like reboots as far as I can tell. Sure, I like reboots. I think that it's a, an interesting opportunity to breathe new life into something. Usually, right? Unfortunately, they don't always go right. And yeah. it sounds like this one didn't, as opposed to something like for me, for example, the the reimagining and the rebooting of like something like Suspiria, for example. I fucking ate it up. So it's always a sad when like stuff like this just doesn't work out. I think like I think what I I think what people need to do, and I I think when they're like thinking about reboots or whatever you want to call them, re you know remakes like whatever. How about you take something that didn't quite work the first time around and fix it, rather than trying to take something that already works and make it like somehow better in your eyes because like nobody was asking nobody was asking for a fire starter movie (laughs) you know what i mean yeah no truly no one was so i don't know it's it's just like one of those things like hey how about we look at something like super problematic or like super something that didn't quite work the first time around i'm trying to think if there's anything at top of mind you know what Uh, it's it sounds like they just had money to burn yeah honestly might have been it so I will say uh, some good effects, some good gore. Um, unfortunately, there is some um, some some pet torture in this. Uh, so be, beware, you're in for a scare. <laughs> um, but um, overall, I think it was just kind of middling. Like I'm, I'm glad I didn't pay money to go to the theater to watch it, but I still am not mad that I watched it on Peacock on my couch. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. no. Well, it happens. Well, look, we brought some good stuff to what you've been watching, bitch. Andrew... You brought us the following things. 
Girls 5 Eva Season 2 on Peacock, The Lost City on Paramount+, Plus, Legendary Season 3 Horror Ball on HBO Max, and Firestarter on Peacock. And Maddie brought us Night Sky on Amazon, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I believe in the U.S. is on HBO Max if you want to catch it. Oh, nice. Um, Knuckle on Netflix and Die. Do it, on, do it, do it. On Colin Kuhn. That's pretty good, Andrew. <laughs> that, that's pretty good, yes. <laughs> Which is currently at the cinema, but you can probably look it up. Uh, what, what did you say the alternate title was? The Quiet Girl? The Quiet Girl. Yeah. So those are your What You've Been Watching, bitches. This week, we will take our first, or I'm sorry, our second break of the episode, uh-huh. and we will be right back with horror in the movies. And our first movie of our dark web series is The Den. Hey, I'm Elizabeth. What's up? Nothing much. I'm uh, actually just trying to meet some new friends. I'll be your friend. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. Let's be friends. Can I tell you a secret? Hey! Hello! Hello! Do you come on here a lot? Are you guys in school? Hey, oh my god, you're on a bike. I'm on my bike! Yeah! <laughs> you should come over here and help me finish this bottle of wine. I'm sorry, I'm still working. Your boyfriend's got some great moves. It's <laughs> such an idea! I think that I just witnessed a murder. They want you to watch, they want to see your reaction. Are you sure this isn't a friend of yours playing a prank? Why isn't anybody doing anything? They're watching everything. Are you ready to get dark? Because it's time to go deep, deep into the dark web. And our first movie of the dark web episode is The Den. Maddie, tell me all about The Den. The Den. He wants you to watch. A young woman studying the habits of webcam chat users from the apparent safety of her apartment witnesses a brutal murder online and is quickly immersed in a nightmare in which she and her loved ones are targeted for the same grisly fate as the first victim. I don't know why I did it in that voice, but I sure did. (laughs) The Den is directed by Zachary Donahue and written by the same Zachary Donahue. It's produced by Cliff Brook Films, distributed by Good Universe. Elizabeth, played by Melanie Papala, uh, or, no, no, Papala, Papalia? Papalia. Papalia, yeah, yeah, Yeah. got it. Damien is played by David Schlachtenhaufen. What a name. Max is played by Adam Shapiro. Uh, or maybe Shapiro. Lynn is played by Anna, Margaret, Holliman, Jenny by Katya Pevich, uh, Sally by Saida Erika Aculona, I believe, and Brienne is played by Victoria Hanlon. It is rated R. It is 76 minutes long, um, which is, I'll talk more about my feelings on that. Um, It was released on March 14th of 2014. I can't tell you location because there's none available because guess what? It's all on the internet. Um, the budget was $500,000, which is a, a testament to these filmmakers. I will say that. 
um, it grossed just shy of that at four hundred and ten thousand. Um, Andrew, this was my first watch on this, as it was for our second film today too. Was it yours? So I watched this. This was a movie that came. It was like one of the original, like direct to Netflix movies back in twenty fourteen. Um, so I watched it then, but I have not watched it since. So I had forgotten all of it basically yeah sure um so it was like watching it again um for the first time uh what i will say about real real quick can Uh i just ask you something sure uh because what i when i watch both of these movies i realize that i probably already have a bent against them right and i sort of forgot until i looked at a review online that there's like this subgenre called desktop horror and i was like oh yeah, I really don't like any of those, <laughs> to be completely honest. Are you, are you the same? Are you into this genre? Do you like the genre? Tell me about that. Um, I think that this is an easy one to get wrong um, pretty quick. Uh, I, but, okay, yep, got it. But overall, I do like this, especially um, given, uh, especially the den. I feel like there's it's, it's, it's a pretty good depiction. What I appreciate when they do do these films, um, yeah. you know, and we, we talked about Host when that first came on. Um, yeah, 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 yes. Um, and what I appreciate about like this movie, and even even a little bit in our next movie um, in, in, in like hosts, those kind of movies is I do appreciate when they honor like actual websites. Like this is not like the book of faces. Like it's actually Facebook. It's like yeah, yeah, actually yeah, Google. Sure, it's sure, like sure, actually sure. iTunes. Like I appreciate when they take the time to actually make it that real because like when they start to introduce like weird web browsers or like weird things like that don't make sense, it takes me out of the moment. Um, so I think that they can do it really good and I think that they can do it really bad. Um, if I'm being honest, I think that if we would have watched this in the height of the pandemic, I may have had other thoughts about it just because it's, um, such of a, of a, of a time. I think, you know, like when host came out, that was like of a time, um, but overall I, I still can get enjoyment out of these, but it's, it's when they start to, and this movie does at one point, I'll, I'll talk about it later, kind of takes me out of it just a little bit. But um, overall, I, I do enjoy this subgenre. I, I can imagine that you probably don't. Uh, well, it's not that I don't. I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I think that the guy who did host is, is a really cool dude, and I'm glad that he did it, and blah, 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 all of that. Um, was it my favorite? No. You know, was it interesting to watch during the pandemic? Yes. Um, I, I think that... Um, that aside, because we're not talking about host, I have to get my mind out of that now. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's not your fault. I think that um, movies like The Den and like the next one that we're going to watch, that we're going to talk about, pardon me, um, they just sort of fall into the same sort of like, uh, I really hate the word trope. I think movie people just use it all the fucking time to sound smart, but they fall into the same trope, I'll say it, of like... Um, it's the same sort of thing that underlies all the scariness of these things, right? So it's always like some like crazy cable of crazy people that want to murder you all the time. And I think that if we look at what we just talked about in our horror and real life section, right? There's actually like plenty more out there to be scared of and like plenty more that I think could be explored. And so I think that host maybe did it really well. Uh, did it better than these, I should say, because like it explored like a more um, paranormal experience with it, right? So yeah, that, sure. that's kind of interesting. 
Whereas like these kind of both fall on the same, um, fall, fall on the same, like crutch to walk on. And I just think that there, there could be more there when, when it comes down to it for me. Yeah, I mean, um, to talk about the den itself. um, So keep in mind, this is a movie from 2014. So kind of interesting to think of what they were thinking about then when it came to online activity and like how people communicated online. This follows our our main character, um, Elizabeth. She is doing a sociological experiment. Uh, She has a grant from her university that she's basically like going to study how people interact online for an untold amount of time. Um, I think at one point she says she's done over 300 and something interviews with different people on this, on this chat server. Um, If you're thinking, if you've never seen this movie, uh, the den is a place where you can go online and either online chat or video chat um, with random people. Think of Omegle. Um, There's other websites that try try to do this too, like where you basically just log on and you, it can be anybody like it's 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 random on who you're going to connect with um i did think that they did a good job of portraying kind of this culture um because i i think it was funny like some people are like jerking off and there's even like a guy waving his dick in the in the the camera and i'm like yep that that tracks um but uh there's like people doing little skits there's people that are really trying to get on there and talk to people it's like sure I think it's actually like the beginning of this movie is a really good portrayal of that time on the internet. Um, yeah, sure. I, I thought it was actually really funny. The, the, the penis puppet that shows up a couple of yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually really, really funny. Um, but um, it quickly turns malice when she is kind of, um, this is, so this is where I think the movie, uh, it, it goes a little bit crazy for me is that she is somehow targeted by this group and they don't ever really tell you why she's targeted. Yeah. Uh, And that's like, that that was one thing that was missing for this movie is like, why her? Because it's not, you know, in our next movie, there's a reason. And this movie, there's not like a reason. She's just kind of randomly targeted to then they know where all of her family members and friends live. And I understand that they're all on, you know, the quote unquote, the den and they can kind of track them that way. But it's never quite understood why she is the one, because it's not like she's a bad person. It's not like she screws anybody over. It's, you know what I mean? No, I, um, I get it. I, I think, I think it's an important thing to say. And actually like, if, if you think about it, there's a bit of a, uh, a bit of a the strangers part of this too. Like think about yeah, the people yeah. that masks and think about the strangers just saying, you know, like they stay in the house because we can, right? Um, which works in the strangers because it I it just works. I that that's it. It just works. It's scary and it works. This it doesn't necessarily work because like it's just I think I've said this before, but like villainy that is just villainy because there's villains and because like they're oh like the, the reason is oh well people are evil like i don't really buy that do you know what i mean like i just i don't buy that i i don't i don't i i'm i'm not into like the 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 falling back on well of course there's just people who want to just watch snuff videos all day do you know what i mean like uh-huh. I'm, just, I'm just not into that I, and i and they don't even really talk about that at all it's not it's not really explored so once again, like, why her? What is the idea? Just why, 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 why? Um, and I'm not a person who has to have all of the answers in movies. I've said that many times. I'm fine without them. But I do think that you're right. It's just kind of like, okay, 
here's a random one. Yeah, I mean, but I I think I think we're I, I think honestly we're going to be far apart on this one. Just that's fine. Out of like the stance of like what we like to watch. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but um I I just thought that there were so like for instance at the very beginning when she first logs on, um she gets this kid who's like, "Hey, can I tell you a secret?" I have a monster in my closet. I like that little bit. Like that did actually like, get me. Like there are well, parts I mean, in this movie that actually did. Of course it got you. Like it definitely did spook me. Like I did get annoyed that she leaves her laptop open at night. But, um, well, well, yeah. I mean, like, look, all this, all this awful shit is happening left and right. And she just keeps doing it. Like it just, just she just like keeps it going. And I'm like, why, why would you do that? Well, I mean, and I actually, I did get, um, I think one part of the movie that did actually like really frighten me is where her um, boyfriend kind of, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, he uh, basically is walking to his car. He's on the phone with her and there's somebody in his back seat and he gets abducted. Yeah. And then the next day she gets like basically a, him getting her a, uh, a video chat and it's just his empty apartment. And I was like, yeah. Ooh, that is that is scary to me. I don't know if if those kind of things affect you the same way, but like that that freaked me out. Um, I well, I, I, mean, I, I I think that it's scary. I, I of course I mean, of course that is like that. That's the 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 idea of that happening is certainly you know scary. Um, I don't think that I liked our main character enough to care. Oh, I thought she was likable. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. Look, it's it's going to be completely sub- subjective to each person. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I just, I don't know. I wasn't into it. I, I think another part of it maybe is I do wonder, because I don't know a lot about how this film was made. Um, I, do, I don't know if a lot of this was ad lib. I don't know if it was fully scripted. I don't know. I, Probably I, a little bit of both, I would imagine. Yeah. I have a significant issue with people doing ad lib anything unless you're really, really good at it. Sure. And I, and I think that there were some parts here where I could tell I was like, you're just falling onto. You learn in improv. You learn techniques how to do certain things. And there were a couple moments where I was just like, ah, I just, I'm not buying this. Like everything that you're saying is vocal fry, and like ends with like some kind of like weird thing about the other person that you're supposed to be connecting to. And so that just that didn't work for me either. But I'll tell you the things that that did work for me. I think that at the very start, you're right. I think that it's it's interesting to see a peek back into how this used to be. And I think that that's done really well. Um, the ending, though I didn't really like it, I did think was shot well and and definitely was like a heart pumper for sure. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's without a doubt. Like it gets you going. You wonder what's going to happen. Like, how is this going to work out? I put in my notes, I was like, she's actually pretty good at killing. <laughs> yeah, she's not bad. And I'll, I mean, I'll, and also too, like, of course, like, regardless of everything that I just said, there is something, of course, terrifying about the idea that there is a group of people who apparently live in the desert with burlap masks that will take you to a torture chamber and, you know, do crazy things to you. I mean, it's um, very hostile, if you remember that movie. Yeah, sure. But um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think that there are some really good portions of this. I think it does go. I think there are some points where they probably could have toned it down a little bit. I, I distinctly remember a part where 
she is kind of packing up her house to kind of go to her sister because her sister was attacked and they're going to spend the night yes, together or like right, whatever. Right, right. And um, there's a cop outside waiting for her to like pack up all her stuff. And then all of a sudden he's like dead and chained to her front door. And I was like, yeah. okay, like that's a little, that's a little, little much. much. Like, yeah. little much. Little um, much. But I, I, I do think that this guy, and I believe that this was his debut film, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I think that there was a lot of good ideas here yeah. that um, maybe he goes a little too far with. I, I think there's like the first the first half of the movie where they're setting everything up. The spooky stuff is just starting to happen. I'm like 100% on board. I'm like, this is great. I love this. By the last like 45 minutes or so, it kind of goes it, because it so it changes perspective right yeah. it changes perspective from her being on her computer to someone kind of holding a camera and like sure. following her and that's where it starts to lose me a little bit yeah if it, i'm being it, honest it, it it becomes chaotic i i even yeah. wrote that in my notes i wrote down how I, I wrote so chaotic which is exactly how it felt for for me for that entire last portion of the film yeah, and that's I mean, I think that they maybe could have kept it a little tighter with yeah. with that story. Um I thought it was very interesting that she had a GoPro before GoPro. Um, <laughs> oh, right, right. She, there's a portion in the movie where she wakes up and she's chained down and she has basically a camera a yeah. like fused to her head like she can't take it off. And that that's an interesting um way to progress the plot because at that point you're like, well, she wouldn't have a computer on anymore you know what i mean yeah sure um but it, it's ultimately revealed that the den is kind of a black market um watch these people's lives and then we'll tear them apart and you can pay a fee to like watch them and the part that really doesn't the part that really took me out of it is so our main protagonist you know spoiler alert she ends up getting killed at the end which is very brutal all the kills in this movie yeah, are sure, pretty brutal um and uh, but then at the end it once again changes perspective to more of a kind of like quote-unquote like typical movie feature of, film yeah of this guy like logging on to this this website and then his kid comes in and he like quickly turns it off and I think that they could have left that part completely out of the film and it would have made it better because the shock of her getting shot in the head and then you you change perspectives to the British woman that she was talking to earlier in the movie, that works so much better than adding on this tacked on weird, almost looking like stock footage. Yeah. Because I don't know if you got that, but like because we've been in the movie in this kind of pers this forced perspective of like webcams and cameras and handhelds to have it then go to like a steady cam like setup shot like completely out of the style of the whole rest of the movie. It just really left me with like, I why did you, you do that? Why did you do that at the end? Yeah, I totally agree. It, it, it's I thought I wrote down that the ending is weird. <laughs> Like that's yeah. it. it. It wasn't. It wasn't some profound statement. It wasn't like something that I was like, "Oh yes, it's fathers that are probably watching this." Right. I just didn't but care. They, but they already did it right before. Like they yeah. did it. Like with the British woman, she's like, "Oh, that's the girl she was talking to earlier in the movie," and now she's watching her get killed, just like she watched the other girl get killed. Makes a lot more sense. I don't know why they tacked on that that very, very, very end. Um, one thing I did think that they were going to go into is I thought that they were going to introduce a love triangle between our um, her like then Max, her boyfriend Max, Max and, and Damien. I yeah. because they even pull them up at one point all on one screen to like 
you think that there's going to be some big reveal. I mean, I remember when we reviewed Unfriended, you know, and we'll talk about Unfriended yeah. too here in a moment. But when we watched Unfriended, there was kind of that reveal at the end that there was like a love triangle between the, the three people that were left. And I thought they were going to do that. And then it just never really pays off. So I don't really understand why, you know, apart from being like her, like quote unquote sure. hacker friend, I'm not really sure why Max is in the film, if I'm being honest. I agree um, with you. Yeah. You could have given all of those attributes just to Damien and had him be just a bigger character in the movie. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm talking bad about this. I actually really liked this movie. I, I thought that there was a lot of really creepy moments. Um, uh, you know, and just thinking we about... We don't talk either good or bad about movies. We just talk about our observations and how we feel about them. And that's just how it is. Sure. Yeah, I just want to... My, my score is going to be way higher than probably I'm talking... <laughs> sounds like I'm talking But that's about. fine. But, I mean, but I'm just saying we don't have to explain that to people. Like, well, however you like it is how you like it. That's totally fine. Yeah, a- I thought it was interesting that... Um, I, I did get really freaked out with her friend, Jenny, how she kind of is like, oh, yeah, come over. And she comes over and he basically is like, oh, I'm, I'm in bed. And then she wrote like it reveals that that's where the computer is. And then yeah. there's somebody directly behind her, which really gave me a bit of a jump after sure. not lying. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I th- there was something very because this is kind of shot as a more of an independent film it lended itself a little more realistic to me. Um, and we'll talk about it in an unfriended dark web, but this one just felt more real if I'm Fair being uh, totally honest. But Maddie, uh, do you have anything more to say about the den or should we just grade this bitch? Let's grade it. I gave it a three. It's not, it's not my cup of tea. And I said that desktop horror is about as much fun as watching a zoom recording. Uh, And the den, for me, doesn't do much to help it. Now, I did say, while it's clear the filmmakers took time to coordinate a massively complex stream of logistics, and I believe that, it comes across as phony, even when it's at its extremes. I I said it was honestly so scary. Um, What starts off as a sociological experiment ends up being intertwined with so much more, and it all just scares the hell out of me, because this is like my worst nightmare that I get intertwined in something where I'm like, not in control so i um i actually gave the den a five i actually will watch this again i really liked it i thought the performances were pretty good um i don't know maybe if i watched it under a different lens i would kind of see maybe some of the things you're talking about uh but for this watch i for this watch i had a lot of fun with it um so i gave it a five and here at friday the 13th we could judge on a seven stripe scale for the seven stripes of the gale rainbow so if you're thinking wait do they do this out of 10 or do they do this out of five no we do it out of seven (laughs) <laughs> That's how we do it. So, folks, that's it for The Den. We're going to come right back with our next film in the episode, Unfriended, Dark Web. Yo. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Hey. It is game night. Ow, ow. Are you ready for this? I got a new laptop. <laughs> Actually new. There's a cyber cafe that I've been working at, and this computer was sitting in the lost and found for the last three or four weeks. Hang on, you stole someone's computer? I didn't, I didn't steal it. Oh, yeah, okay. That's messed up. And I found this folder. It was hidden. And it automatically connects you to this thing. Dude, this is dark web. What's dark web? Part of the internet where no one can track you. It's all about drugs, illegal IDs, even assassination for hire. Yeah, the dark net is mostly about the bad guys. And this computer's got videos on it, right? Check this out. I really 
think you should stop. Oh, God. That is real. Guys, that's what they're trading. Trade what? All those videos. We have to do something and we have to do it now. Who's that? What's happening? Wait, guys, hold up. Where's Lex? Wait, that looks like that's a Lex's building. No, you guys. No, 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 no. Is that Lex? <gasps> he killed Lex! Who? The ones who buy the videos, the ones who pick the girls. What the hell? They've all been watching. Oh my god. That's my mom. No! If they found Lex, can't they find the rest of us too? They've had control this whole time. Ah! Please, leave us alone! Get out of there right now! I can hear you. Are you still Kelly, there? I can't I just see can't. you. Check your friend requests. Oh, wait, no, not those. Just check to see who left you off your list. Andrew, tell us about Unfriended Dark Web. Death wants some FaceTime. That's actually a pretty good tagline. <laughs> when a ton of, when a twenty-something finds a cache of hidden films on his new laptop, he and his friends are unwittingly thrust into the depths of the dark web. They soon discover someone has been watching their every move and will go to unimaginable lengths to protect their dark web. <laughs> Directed by Stephen Susco, written by Stephen Susco, product produced by. Basilef's fit production, whatever that is, distributed by um, Bloomhouse Tilt. Uh, Matthias is played by Colin Wood Whiddell. Amaya is played by Stephanie Nagures. Nari is played by Betty Gabriel. Serena is played by Rebecca Rittenhouse. Damon is played by Andrew Lease. AJ is played by Connor Del Rio. Lex is played by Severa. Ooh, Windiani. And Sharon Four is played, or Sharon, Sharon, whatever you want to say. Uh, Four is played by Douglas Tate. Rated R, this was released on July 20th of 2018. It comes out at a swift, thankful 92 minutes. Thank God. It was made in the USA, but not specific locations were disclosed. It had a budget of about a million dollars, and it grossed about $16 million. So yet another hit for the Unfriended series of films. Uh, we last talked about Unfriended, the very first one, if you want to listen to that, on our social media episode. Oh, it's been a um, while, yeah. But we are going to now talk about un. Well, you can, I guess you can call it two things: unfriended to dark web or unfriended dark web. I'm not sure how you want. Whatever. Um, it's it, it's that movie. And Maddie, uh, you said before that this is your first time watch. What are your initial thoughts on the film? Uh man. Um, it feels like it's it's like it, it feels like it's eight hours long. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's it's 92 minutes. Thank God. Um. I, I think that it is. Uh, like I'm, not, I'm just gonna, I'm not just going to sit here and trash it for a while. I I I I don't think that the people aren't trying. I think that they are. Um, it's it's just one that just it just once again doesn't work for me. And it, it really I hate to sort of rehash myself, but it goes back to the same idea. 
um, it just goes back to like, oh, there's this crazy cable of people that are using the internet to get people and kill them for snuff videos. And I just think it's a little boring, if I'm being honest. I, I, I literally was yawning during this movie because it just didn't keep it going for me. And it should have. It should have kept me going because there should have been enough rising action to make that happen. And it just it wasn't there. Um, I think that the whole first part of this movie um, is maybe a reason why I just don't like desktop horror. There's so many things to look at. There's so many things to look at. You have to look yeah, at this. It is, it is a little hard to, to, to keep track of everything. Yeah, you've got to read what people are typing. you got to do this. And you know what? I do it all day at work. <laughs> like, if I'm being honest, like, I'm on Slack. I'm on Gmail. I'm on this. I'm on that. I'm on Zoom. I do it enough. So I, I, I sort of feel like, and look, this is not the fault of the movie, but especially because we're all working from home, you know, in some hybrid way, a lot of us are, I, would, I dare say most of us are, um, that this, it gets a little tiring. And maybe that's just because of the era where we are. Maybe if I had watched this in 2018, maybe I'd feel different. That's in, That really is entirely possible. But it was literally tiring to watch the screen. Um, there's just so much going on. I do agree with you, like you said in the thing about the den, that it's nice to see them use tools, unlike the den, which uses the den, which is not real. This uses Facebook as, mm -hmm. as its primary conduit, which I would imagine they probably had some sort of uh, deal with, with, yeah. with, with Facebook on this. Um, and you know, I, I think there are, there are plenty of parts of it that, that do work. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting to think about like a stolen laptop even right now too, right? Because I think even that's changed so much as 2018, you know, four years ago, like a stolen laptop, you, you could still probably use today. You couldn't use it. It's like, it's like a stolen phone. You could yeah. sell, you could sell the phone for the parts or you could sell the laptop for the parts, but like it's, you're not going to get much out of it. <laughs> yeah. It's essentially rendered useless because there are enough encryption tools and security tools that if you do lose a thing like your iPad or whatever, that you can basically wipe it and make it inoperable, which is cool. That, that that's a good thing. Right. Um, so it's not much of a possibility today. Um, I think that Colin Woodell does his best. Look, I think he's cute. I'll give you that for sure. Um, I always love seeing Betty Gabriel. Um, I think Betty Gabriel is a really good actress. Yeah. I feel um, like this whole cast was like cast of people that I've like, I've seen yeah. you in other stuff, right? For sure. Yeah. Cause <laughs> like, you, you, yeah, you definitely have. Um, and I think even like Douglas Tate who plays, uh, Charon or Nora C the fourth, um, is also, you know, I, he's, he's not bad either. Um, it's just not my thing. And I, and like I said, I just, I just unfortunately was watching it and I was like, man, I really wish I could get into this, but I'm just not. I'm just not there. Yeah. So, um, unfriended dark web. Uh, I definitely think there's some issues. I, I will say that. I understand your. Um, I understand your critique of being a lot of windows open because there was many times in the movie where I was like, "Can you just, can you just expand the window yeah, because right. it only takes up like a portion of the screen at most parts of the movie?" And I was like, "Can you just make a full screen, please?" Right. Like, sure. <laughs> um, but um, overall, I still had a lot of fun with this movie. I actually think. You know, well, I don't want to skip to the end right away, um, but I do think the overall end was kind of interesting. 
Um, we can talk about that in just a minute. I, I thought it was funny that, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, when he first logs onto the computer, he obviously doesn't know the password. So he's trying like all these different passwords yeah. and one of them was feel the burn. I thought that oh was my funny. God, that's hilarious. <laughs> just of a time, you know what I mean? Like, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but um, I thought it was, in. I, I, I honestly forgot that Facebook used to try to push their video call function. Um, yeah. They right. don't really do that right. anymore, but yeah. it was just so funny that this was all housed within Facebook, which I, it's just now, you know, thinking about how we use Facebook or how we don't use Facebook. It's just really interesting to think of a, of a time where, and, and of a time where people were getting online to play games with each other, because yeah. I don't, I don't really think about that unless i think about the pandemic if i'm being honest like sure. if we got to, if we got together we got together i mean it, it is said in the film that they all were supposed to go to aj's house for this kind of like game night and instead they get on their computers which i was like mm, i don't know yeah why if, if people were really doing that at this time right yeah exactly um I mean, it's kind of explained with Damon's character because he's British, so he obviously is in a different country, so that makes a lot of sense. But I think with the Nari and Serena and Amaya and Matthias and AJ... Um, and maybe Lex, I can't remember if she, she's kind of dispatched really early in the film. So I, I don't yeah. remember where she was housed, but it's kind of said that they're like a train ride away from each other. So I don't know why they wouldn't just get together, but Hey, that's, that's movie. Right. Um, so, um, I thought it was funny that this guy kind of had like a custom soundtrack to his life. Like when he wanted to make a certain kind of call, he would turn on a certain kind of mu- music. It, it was a little bit manufactured sure. you know what i mean yeah um but i do like all the stuff about like the river i thought that that was really interesting um i thought that the reveal that the nora c was kind of charon backwards which is interesting and kind of the it did lead me to kind of looking up greek mythology and understanding what you know the, the charon was or what the charon is um so i do think that they do some good stuff in this um i did not know what trefecate trefination was before this. neither did i <laughs> yeah i, I looked um, it up right away i was like oh they're gonna do that okay and so then they do pay that off towards the end with one of the the ancillary characters that logs on later uh she has like a skull her skull drilled which is just frightening that you can yeah, live through that it's terrible that's <laughs> oh god it's just well you know who used to do that to his victims was uh jeffrey dahmer yeah and he, I, I, if I remember, I poured like boiling water in there. Ugh, yeah, to like god. make them zombies. Weird. Oh my god. Um, I, I don't know. I think that the the lesbians in this are probably the most realistic of the friend group because they're actually like, hey, let, like, let's Agreed. call the cops. Like, let's yeah. like go do something about this because at you know before we get the big reveal at the end of the movie. There, there is a large portion of the first half of this movie where you're just like literally Matthias, just give back the laptop and this is all over for like, real. Right. Like you, you're just like, come on, like just do it. This is so stupid. Like your friends are dying, uh, being pushed off of buildings. Oh, that's how Lex dies. That's right. right. Um, and um, all this stuff is happening to them and you just won't give back the laptop, which is just silly to me. Um, I, I, I thought that the AJ character, while we probably all know someone like that person in our lives was super annoying, uh, <laughs> but Agreed. he's kind of like the, He's the uh, Joe Rogan of the group, if you will, where he's like constantly like conspiracy theories and and all this stuff, which I mean, he's right in this instance, but yeah, that doesn't sure. mean that he's not 
annoying nonetheless i do think he has one good line though when they're all talking about like how they were supposed to go over to his house he's like i got the chips and i've got the dips i was like you know good enough for me amen <laughs> so, there you go that's all we need um i i do think that the, the this this friend group apart from aj if i'm being honest does feel like they could be friends in real life fair enough um i i do think that the amaya character is not quite fully developed i, I you know i'm glad you said this because i i completely agree with you and i think the plot point of her being deaf yeah is stupid well, that's it's it. never really it's never really fully realized, right? So well, he's that's just he's, the thing. It's so there there it's it's literally exploiting a disability for for the plot to like advance yeah. the plot. And I and I, I just don't agree with that. I thought that they were gonna do more with it because the beginning of the movie is is opening up his app that he's been working on where he can kind of speak to the app and it will kind of do a series of um sign language so that she can understand what he's saying right. in a in a visual sense. Um, but that that only is in the beginning of the movie. It never yeah. truly pays off in the plot, which I thought, agree. I thought was going to be a bigger thing. Um, they do have like one moment where the 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 Sharon character takes over that app and makes her go to the to the um, warehouse at the end. Towards the end, it's, yeah. it's so it's so far, far gone. Yeah, yes. it's so far gone in the plot. It just doesn't really make a Completely. ton of sense to bring it back. Completely agree. And and I and I think that if you're going to choose these things for your characters when you write them, I think there needs to be a significant reason behind it. Once again, beyond just advancing the plot for the other characters. So it's not like this person was the final girl. She's not. Right, right. So like it's it, I don't I don't appreciate that. Yeah, no, I I understand where you're coming from. Um I thought that the I thought that the, the one that the choose scene. So there is our our choose. character of uh, I think it's Serena, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, where she is alone in her apartment because Nari has gone. I don't know why she goes this. Or I guess she goes to the subway to try to pick up Amaya, but I don't know why she has to go down in the subway. If I'm being honest. Um, and Serena is by herself and the people come on the screen and they basically throughout the, throughout the movie, you understand that her mom is probably dying of cancer in the hospital. Um, and he basically says like either choose between Nari or choose between your mom. She doesn't choose. So they kind of kill them both. Um, I thought that that was just mean for sake of being mean um and i think that's like i think maybe that's like a a core of what you're trying to uh say about these movies is like you don't quite understand why there is like this just menacing force out in the universe that is just mean to be mean um so i get i totally get that um I don't know. There's, I, I, I watched this a couple of years ago and I liked it much better the first time I watched it. I'm sure. finding holes in it the more I talk about kind of, um, you know, as we, as we talk about it. And, and obviously we're a product of whatever time we're in at, at the time that we watch of it. Course. So probably yeah. when I first watched this, I thought it was probably pretty inventive. And now that we've lived literally through this, we don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Um, sure. But um, I, I, I did I think, think that they did a good job of moving the story along. Um, I wasn't bored. Like you said that you were, um, yeah. well, but, that's good. 
Um, I did think that the ultimate reveal of what was going on was probably more ingenious than the rest of the movie. Um, I would agree with you on this too. I I think that it it is one part where it does sort of at least go a little bit better is that they, they gave it more of a complex, more of a complexity. Yeah. Because you find out at the very end of the movie that he, he, he didn't actually steal the laptop. It was actually, they wanted him to find it. Yeah. Um, so they wanted somebody to pin all of this on and the way that you, the way that they reveal that at the end. And then when you start to think about all of the little plot points that happen throughout the movie and all kinds of comes together, I do think it's a nice little bow to the movie. I I do think that they do a good job of kind of like wrapping up what's going on probably more than the den because, you know, in the den you're like, why, why her? And then you, in this movie, you actually understand, oh, they're trying to pin this on all of them and they've yeah. kind of done the right steps along the way to make them all look, or at least our main character, Matthias look um, guilty. However, <laughs> the very end, once again, I just don't really understand why they needed to do this because yeah. the implication that Matthias is now on the, uh, on the, he's now going to be framed for all of this. And there's no way that he's going to even be able to prove otherwise is much scarier to me than him getting hit by a van. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> totally agree. But um, we don't really understand what happens to our Amaya character, which once again, if you're going to introduce that, why would you not pay it off in some way? Um, our, you know, our main character basically gets uh, hit by a van because that is voted on by the users. And then once again, we get this weird tacked on ending of like somebody like on a computer taught, like looking at what they're looking at. And I'm just like, you don't need this. You, you, you did it. You did the thing you did what you needed to do. You don't need this like extra little bit where like, I don't know. It just seems very tacked on on both movies, and I don't know why I they agree did with it. You. you know, it's it's like people are you know doing this thing where they just they clearly don't trust what they actually just produced. So let's find a way to explain it to make it better. <laughs> like, come on. Then why did I just watch the whole thing? Right. Yeah. And I, I did think that there's uh, there's some interesting aspects. You know, they do say like there's no such thing as free money because he transfers that ten million dollars to his account. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why are you doing this, dude? I know. Like, uh, I know. There, some of his, some of his, and I, I think you hit it on the head. But some of his chaotic energy just doesn't make sense for the movie, right? Um, because he's just all fucking over the place when he literally everywhere. Like, why can't he just go to Amaya? Why does she have to come to him? Like, I, yeah, why? Why does this have to be the the? So over and over and over again, you've got a deaf girlfriend who cannot really read what you're saying on a webcam, you could, like you like you said before, why don't you just return the laptop? Why don't you just go to her? Why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do that? When you create a movie that is filled with characters who don't just do the thing that we all know is rational, there's something yeah. wrong with it. I'm sorry, but there just is. Yeah, I see in our trivia, this was originally called Unfriended Game Night, which I think could actually work if it being... i mean i i don't there's nothing particularly dark web about this either except for like the river thing like that's yeah like, but even that's like not i mean like i guess that's well okay i guess that that is like a a device. cinematic uh image of what the dark web could be right um yeah so i guess i get that 
Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, and then I guess the, the, you know, they never really say dark web in the movie. They more call it dark net in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. So that's interesting that it's actually called dark web, but they never say the words. Um, but overall, I still had fun with this movie. Is is it something I'm going to revisit, you know, over and over and over again? Probably not. I'd actually probably yeah. watch the original Unfriended before I'd watch this again. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but overall, I said... Um, I think the idea here is really good and the characters do help because I, I, I honestly do think the characters are doing what they can with what Fair they're enough. being given. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, our main protagonist is kind of the worst out of the bunch of them. So it, it drags it down a bit on trying to like root for him. Yeah. I said that when all desktop horror points to the same cable or cabal of death hungry clowns, it's not scary. It's boring. The reality is that the internet is much, much scarier and films like these avoid the bigger questions. I gave it a, I, I gave it a three, same as the den. I gave it a four. So just slightly above average. Well, uh, look at us. Yeah. So that will do it for unfriended dark web. Um, I'm imagining that they're probably going to do a third movie in this style, oh, especially, sure will. especially now that kind of pandemic is not yeah, over, look, but on the I back will, end, I will say this. I root for every genre out there. I want horror to be successful. I want films to be successful. So I am ever hopeful that in every one of the genres that there's going to be one that I'm like, hell yeah, that was good. Just want to put that out there. Yeah. And so that will do it for our horror in the movies section. We will be right back to close out the show and crown our hottie of the episode. Shantae, you stay. Shantae, you stay. Shantae, you stay. Shantae, you stay. Folks, guess what? It's time for our final game for these final boys. Um, it's called Hottie of the Episode. Uh, Andrew, let me tell you the rules. Basically, I won't know them, by the way. Um, <laughs> the rules of this game are that each of us picks the hottie of the episode. And that's what the game is. <laughs> so who's yours? <sighs> so who am I the horniest for <laughs> on yeah, this episode? Um, my hottie of the episode comes from our second movie. Uh, I actually didn't talk too much about him in the actual uh, discussion of the movie. But it is Damon, uh, who is played by Andrew Lees in the movie. Uh, I don't know if he's British in real life. The accent did seem a little bit put on, so I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he's American. Uh, but I thought that he just does it. I mean, he's kind of like that every nerd next door. So yeah, fair that, enough. That worked for me. Um, and he lasted far farther into the movie than I thought he was. So I'm going with Damon from unfriended dark web. Maddie, who is your hottie of the episode? I'm going with Matthias from unfriended dark web. I do think that Andrew Whittle is very, very cute. I wasn't sure if you're going to go with him or with, uh, the guy from the den. Yeah. I, I thought about that too, but in the end I ended up choosing, uh, chosen, I ended up chosen. Chosen. Choosing Andrew Woodle. Cool. That brings us to the end of episode 78 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. Um, can't believe we've done 78 of these. Uh, we hey, are hey, also, Andrew, I just want to say one thing really quick. Yeah. Um, I just like glanced at the news, just thinking about our first thing that we talked about in this episode today. In the course of this recording, we've already had another mass shooting in Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
Awesome. Isn't that wild? Now, back to back to closing the show. Um, yeah, episode 78. That's that's amazing. Um, Andrew, did you know that we're a member of Dread Podcast Network? Oh, why why don't you tell me more? Sure thing. So Dread Podcast Network comes from Dread Central. You can visit Dread Central at dreadcentral.com. Follow them at Dread Central all over the various social media platforms. Um, great other shows on this network. Kim and Katz, uh, the Boulay Brothers, uh, Mick Garris, for God's sake, uh, a bunch of other great ones. So uh, if you're following us, go follow them too and give a listen. We're all doing some some great stuff here at Dread Podcast Network. Yeah, if you want to call us on the Friday hotline, you can call us at 872-208-3119 and leave us a nice little message. Episode 80, Andrew. We'll do it for episode 80, right? We will see if people call yeah. in. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> um, also, if you want to support us at the show, remember we uh, we are in a network. Yes, we do get a little bit of payment from, from Dread Podcast Network, which is really, really cool. Um, but it's even better if people want to support us. Uh, because uh, producing a podcast actually does take uh, funding to do, believe it or not. So uh, if you want to support us, great ways that you can do it. Number one, you can become a patron on Patreon. Number two, you can buy merch from us. You can do both of those things at frygay13.com slash support. And another way that you can do this, Andrew, tell them is to leave a review um you know and i just want to go back to your to your other point just for one quick second just because i I had a thought the other day sure if you think that our content so we do roughly two episodes a month depending Uh on kind of how the dates work if you think that is worth literally one dollar one dollar yeah all of this all of this content that we put together if you think it's worth one dollar you can go on patreon and become a patron um we don't put anything behind a paywall because we don't we just don't believe in that um it, it's fundamentally what we're not gonna do um but if you think that all of this content you're listening to right now is worth just one dollar of, of your money i'm putting my npr NPR yeah. on, um, please consider becoming a patron because that all, you know, it, it may seem like a very little amount to you, but it really, when it comes down to it and everything that we put towards the show and, you know, the, the carrying costs of doing the show, um, it really, really does help quite a bit. And and so. honestly, like just so people know, we really do pump it all right back into the show. I <laughs> like every, every dime of it. It just, it goes back into like getting movies or doing this or doing that. Um, so we, oh, we have a we, spreadsheet, my friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so all that being said, too, we really appreciate your support and to all the people who, who already support us. Like, seriously, thank you. And thank you for being fans of ours for so long. We really, really appreciate that. And Andrew, yes. do you know... You, um, um, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, if you, and if you can't monetarily help us, totally understand. It's hard Fine. times for everybody. Um, but one thing you can do is leave a review on your yeah, podcatcher of choice. It really does help us. Um, slam that five star button. Yeah. Right but Andrew, now. Do, do you know what else they can do to, to help support us? What's that? They can come with us, and they can get, get slayed.
Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP.